0: is
1: was suicidal. Max believe it. It. you are a race winner. You like my face? You like
0: it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, the Formula 1 podcast that's rapidly running out of Formula 1 to talk about this year as we approach the <laughs> penultimate race in Brazil. Uh, my name is Chris Evans and I'm joined as ever by Tom King. Hello. And the returning Stu Greenwood. Hello. Back with us again. Yes, I am indeed. Good to have you. Thanks. Good to be back. <laughs> it has been a busy week since the Mexican Grand Prix. There's a whole yeah. lot going on, so yeah. I feel like I've been away for a week and the whole grid has changed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy for an, an off week um, and there's lots to talk about, so I guess we'll just dive straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um what? so the biggest news i guess is that uh f1 have revealed details of the 2021 engine plan um or at least liberty media have um originally making it sound like it was kind of the grand plan that they'd come together with the teams to to formulate that it later became uh, apparent that that wasn't the case uh but we'll get on to that so the k- proposal Itself it, uh, is keeping the current 1.6 litre V6 turbo hybrids. Uh, they want to run it at 3000 RPM higher to quote improve the sound. <laughs> right. <Blech. laughs> yeah. Um, they also want to remove the MGU H, which is the uh, heat element of the energy recovery system. Um, and they also want to add several prescriptive design parameters to Uh. restrict development costs and discourage extreme designs and running conditions, which essentially, um, it's essentially more standardized parts, really, isn't it? Or at least standardized dimensions of parts. They said they want a plug-and-play engine uh, chassis transmission swap capability, which I read as basically meaning that any combination of engine chassis, I can't say that word, and transmission on the grid can all be kind of Interchangeably plugged into each other, I guess. Yeah. Which that, uh, that sort of goes against the spirit of F one, doesn't it? A little bit. Do you think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all for bringing costs down and making it easier for sort of small teams to improve. But cars are traditionally designed around their engines, at least a large yeah. part of them are. Mm. Um. So I'm not entirely sure about that. Mm. Um it's remaining a single turbo but they're going to have uh, constraints on the dimensions and weight of them um which essentially means everyone will have to redesign oh, their turbo from scratch goodness gracious um, yes uh also a standard energy store alongside the already standard control electronics um oh which is fair enough i think uh, i think that's fair enough yeah there's there's not i don't feel like there's much you can gain from the energy store anyway really in terms of I mean, I guess the deployment. Below that comes the electronics anyway, which is yeah. already standard. Who knows? I, I, I don't, is there more? Is there more? <clears throat> there is more. Um, they also are. They said they're going to make the MGUK, which is the kinetic energy recovery system, more powerful. So that's the um, brakes, isn't it? The brake yeah. recovery. Yeah, break. but most interestingly of all, uh, with a focus on manual driver deployment, um, similar to the way KERS was back in 2009 when they first introduced that essentially where the driver has a button they press to deploy it rather than the current system where it's all electronically controlled and also very interesting is giving drivers the option to save up energy over several laps so if you remember back in 2009 was it like 2009, 2012, I think they used that. Um, I can't remember if they, they had was... it in '09, did they? Because that was... was Like half the grid had it in '09. Not ah, everybody yes, used, it was right where like... it was like a concept, wasn't
2: it, in 09 I yeah. remember now,
0: yeah. Because mm. uh, that was back when Williams had a flywheel to store the energy rather than a battery, yeah. which was, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Mounted, it's mounted above the... Well, uh, around the airbox, yeah. like, yeah. w- which is, as, for a heavy component, the worst possible place you could fucking bizarre. put it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah if you remember the way it worked back then every car that had it would be given a set amount of energy provided that would cover that amount of energy per lap and as they crossed the start finish line it replenished but essentially all that meant was if a defending car deployed their curves at the same time as the attacking car it just cancelled everything out so the idea of the drivers sort of having full control over that that can store it up for a few laps and sort of deploy it all at once or that can drop little bits here and there I think that's potentially a really interesting element Yeah, I think uh, that's a great idea. Um, um, what else? Also looking into different fuel restrictions and potentially upping the fuel flow limit, uh, which has been a bit of a bugbear for a lot of people the last few years. So it's all quite interesting stuff. Um, a little hit and miss, um, but interesting all the same. As I said, it originally sounded like this was there. Big plan that they come up with everyone, but the same day we had statements from Mercedes and Renault saying that they thought it was a terrible idea. So of course, yeah. Mm.
2: Well, Mercedes so, um, are going to say that no matter what. They? Yeah, I don't exactly. think. I don't think it matters how the engines change. Mercedes are going to probably like contest
1: anything unless it's in their favour. It well, it does mean that everyone's got to design a new engine yeah, from exactly. scratch. By the sounds of that, which is why they like, don't like new- it yeah new turbos weight limits on turbos if you're running the engine at higher rpm you need to completely rethink the the block and all that like everything needs changing i can
2: also see why it would upset renault immediately as well because they've put a lot of effort into this engine that's coming 2018 for the next Mm. probably two to three seasons with with gradual upgrades so that means that they've got a, an issue now of do we focus on the improvements of on this new exactly, engine over yeah. the next two to three years or do we start focusing on a 2021 engine now like what Mercedes did all that time ago when they got the regulations for this current series uh, or, well, formula of engine.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what uh, they said. So uh, Cyril abeatable from Renault said despite maybe what FOM and FIA would say, what is put forward is a new engine. It's a new engine with lots of gimmicks, but it is a new engine, and that's the most fundamental element. We need to be extremely careful, because each time we come up with a new regulation, uh, or come up with a new product, new engine or new chassis, we all know what is the impact. It's going to open up an arms race, and it will open up the field once again, which I think is a fair point. I mean, mm-hmm. it's exactly what happened with the current engines. Mm-hmm. Mercedes nailed it straight away, demolished the field, and everybody else kind of spread out behind them, and it's only sort of now that it's starting to close up a little bit. But but we have to remember that
1: this, this regulation change isn't for the purpose of closing up the field. It's for the purpose of making it cheaper to go racing, isn't it? True. I,
2: I think, it's is it not partly as well, do you think? There's some attempts in there to improve reliability. Like, of all the components that we see failing on a regular basis, MGUH has got to be the most common Definitely, one that comes yeah. up on a weekend. So I think yeah. trying to remove things like that of... I know we want F1 to be the pinnacle of motorsport, but if something just doesn't work, it's it's yeah. pointless trying to force this technology into a car if it's not at the point where it's ready to be in one of those cars and I think maybe
1: taking things like that out is more of a reliability thing than anything else Yeah, Just to play devil's advocate though, that that's a bit of a chicken egg situation because if you don't put the technology in the cars, it'll never become a viable technology because it won't have the development. That's very true um, yeah. So, it, how can it call itself? How would it be able to call itself the pinnacle of motorsport if it wasn't using the most high tech gear and, the, do you
2: and not, the most? Do you not think it's maybe something to do cars. with the fact that it is heat based? That that's always been my opinion of it because the temperatures that these cars run at is ridiculous compared to just yeah. about any other car in the world. Like, I think that. There isn't probably any open wheel cars that come close, and probably the only other thing I could think that might come near it is maybe an LMP one or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of the temperatures that they run at, so I think they'd but be the good. only other thing that. I'd, I'd, and I don't think they use that technology, do they? They just use a more of a KERS system, a kinetic system with the brakes. I think in the hybrids on those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, so. the thing is, it's down to the team out and the aero department on how much cooling they put on the car, though. They can they can run those components at crazy, crazy, thousands and thousands of degrees temperatures, and as long as the cooling's there inside the car, then it'll run. So are the teams compromising the aero, the, the cooling, too much for the oh, aero? Oh, no, sorry. Well, I,
2: I'm thinking more the other way in that because the cars do run as warm as they do like you know the heat levels are so high maybe that's just too intense for an mguh system is more what i'm thinking maybe the temp just the general working temperature of an f1 car is too much strain on an mguh system at least so no matter
1: how much so no matter how much cooling you put onto it those components get so hot and they're so close to anyway that it'd never work no matter what yeah. Because I, uh, in, initially,
2: the, a lot of the MGU-H failures, if you think about it, were happening in the tighter package cars, like cars like yeah. the Red Bull and the, uh, the, the, the Honda, the McLaren, McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, like the, those were the cars having the issues, which to me is means it is to do with the running temperature of an F1 car that maybe causes it. I, it's all speculation. Like This is literally just things that I think from what I observe, but I, just, yeah, it, yeah. I think that just bringing some reliability back in would possibly liven up the sport a little bit because you get more cars
1: finishing on a more consistent base, uh, basis Yeah. Mm. Um. I, I like the idea of a standardised so certain components in there it's a, you, can, you can see the reason they've put them in is because they're not, while they may be performance differenti- differentiators right now they're not necessarily ones that are seen by the audience they're, they're hidden away yeah. inside the car and they're very very complex components so in, in, in the spirit of what they're trying to do which is sort of simplify formula one and make it more accessible and make it more understandable while at the same time making it cheaper they seem like easy targets to go after to get rid of you know the things that you, the audience can't see then that, that that make little difference to the
0: show yeah it's true in inverted commas the show i mean i think it's only i mean i was, I was about to say i wish that we got more info on these failures like you always get like it's an MGUH failure, but it'd be nice to know a bit more about kind of exactly why these things are failing. But then again, that's probably only for the likes of us, not the average person watching a race. Yeah. Mm. We find that stuff interesting. I'm not sure yeah. the average fan would. Do, do we have an overall opinion on whether this is a good or a bad idea then? Um. I think, I think taken in isolation, the en- engine sort of sounds quite interesting. But um I like on the cost thing here Toto Wolf said um all of us, all of us accept that development costs and so need to be tackled but we shouldn't be running away with creativity in coming up with new concepts because it will trigger parallel development costs over the next three years which is a good point yeah. like saw so it's saying yeah. these engines will be cheaper but if you've got to be developing that alongside also developing your next three years of cars and engines as well it all gets a bit Ooh, messy that's dangerous talk from Toto Wolf there because what is?
1: running the risk of doing is putting a development ban, a homologation on these engines that's how you solve that's how the faa could solve it they could say right you know no one develops engines anymore they're all homologated that's it what components you've got what specs you've got that's the spec and yeah true we'll we'll bring forward the development of the new engine so you can just concentrate on that and in 2019 then we'll use that engine what, what that's that's the one option that they could have mm. But then, then, but then, then again, t- limiting
2: the t- current engines wouldn't be such a detriment to um, to Mercedes, would it? Because of where they are, if they if they turn around and said by the end of this season, like you're going to get so much development in 2018, but then we kind of halt it and you use that engine into 2019 as well as an example, then in theory they're they're in a position where if nobody else catches them in the next 12 months, then they've, they've yeah. got two titles almost sealed there. So yeah, yeah, in, in, tr- in also theory, true. that might
1: actually be almost an angle to play for if you were Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want a guaranteed two seasons <laughs> yeah. in the bag, that's a possibility. But then you know that's a double-edged sword because what someone if someone catches, someone catches them? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, or overtakes them.
1: It's a risky. It's a risky, risky game he's playing. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: yeah. Uh, on the flip side of all that um aston martin who let's face it are one of the most important people uh when it comes to these new engine regulations um (laughs) said they were encouraged by the direction of them um and they continue to study a potential aston martin solution for 2021 the key will be how development costs are controlled to make participation by independent engine suppliers a viable possibility um I think that's kind of one it's clearly one of the things they have in the front of their mind when they design these regulations is making it attractive for new engine manufacturers. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean that that's that's the
1: the most important thing I think on their mind, isn't it? They need to sh- they need to showcase themselves as a championship for where the best manufacturers which already are there I guess, but like the more of the best manufacturers show up.
2: Yeah. It's it, it's such a Catch twenty-two in some respects as well, because with these regulations, you you obviously put in certain restrictions on the way that the engine can be built, which is designed to encourage new manufacturers to come in or you know old manufacturers to come back. But then you lose that element of someone actually building the best car because you restricted so much you know when you were saying about like these engines being kind of plug and play almost like there is a designated engine block and it must meet this structure so that any transmission and, and stuff can go on it you kind of do limit the creativity and the competition of the engine manufacturers so would that not upset some as well as entice it enticed some but it upset others you can see
1: yeah it feels like it's overly complicated to me. If if they want to if they want to attract components that if you want to attract new manufacturers and and take away that fear cuz let's face it Honda coming in and doing such a poor job is enough to put anyone yeah. off becoming an engine manufacturer in Formula 1 True. In, in the next few years. Like no, everyone's going to look at that and think well, hell if Honda can't do it. And Honda let's not forget Honda are a massive massive car company and they've got massive budgets. If they can't get it right, with all the resource they've got, then how the hell are Aston Martin or, you know, uh, I don't know, Caterham ever going to, which let's not forget Caterham did try, not with engines necessarily, but they tried a Formula
0: 1 2. They couldn't even do it and they weren't even developing an engine. So, you know. But then again, the flip side of that, of course, is without these hybrid engines, Honda wouldn't have been anywhere near Formula 1. That's also true. Manufacturers aren't interested in making basic engines anymore because it's not yeah. what goes in their road cars that's true but I then mean,
1: all I, they do is complain about it when they do make a complex <laughs> engine and it doesn't work properly
0: lose lose really isn't it
1: yeah
0: uh, so while Renault Mercedes and Aston Martin were giving uh, constructive feedback on the new engine regulations Ferrari were threatening to quit Formula 1 oh. again um, what yeah. a week <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sergio Macchioni said, um, There are a couple of things we don't necessarily agree with. One of which is the fact that somehow powertrain uniqueness is not going to be one of the drivers of distinctiveness of the participants' lineup. I would not countenance this going forward. Uh, I understand Liberty may have taken this into account in their views, but I think it needs to be absolutely clear that unless we find a set of circumstances, the results of which are beneficial to the maintenance of the brand in the marketplace and to the strengthening of the unique position for Ferrari, Ferrari will not play. Sounds like Sergio Machado just vomited a dictionary. (laughs) He really did, yeah. (laughs) Um, No, they're not. They're not going anywhere. Uh, Ferrari essentially do Formula One for free. They get that much money from them. It is the bulk of their marketing. Uh, I I was one of the big F1 journalists on Twitter said, uh, I'd like to see him explaining to the Ferrari board how much money they're going to need to spend on marketing after they did quit. Yeah, Yeah. Because, yeah, that's... It's, it's
1: just never going to happen, is it? Yeah, the, 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 I read this. Uh, I read this statement that he made, and the whole thing smacks of if you don't keep giving us our money, we're not. We don't want to play. It. We're of course, threatening yeah. to leave if you don't give us it, our money. It's quite interesting as well, based on
2: the accusations. I don't particularly want to give too much airtime to that Bernie Eccleston made during the last Grand Prix <laughs> yeah. weekend, and because it's him and what he said, I don't really want to go too much into them, but. In short, for those that don't know, he basically said, "Yeah, the FIA has pretty much helped Ferrari throughout the last like 50 years that they've been oh, racing yeah. in Formula One." <laughs>
1: hmm. I mean, just just on that, it, it's pe- people have been sort of shutting that down. What he said and saying it's not true and stuff like that. But all you have to do is look at the the structure of the. I mean, we've been we've done this. Yeah. We've done a whole episode on this. Just yeah. About. You all you have to do is look at the pay, divvying up of the pay in Formula 1, you can see that Ferrari get an extra 80 million compared to anyone all else. All it is, so, is Bernie
2: Eccleston does not like that he's like not the big man in the pit lane anymore, he's not invited to a lot of races, and he wants his attention. Yeah, yeah. That's true, but he's not a million miles wider than Mark. Oh no, I'm not. Say- I'm not saying he's lying at no, all. It's... I've got. I, I, to be honest, I completely believe what he said. But it just made me laugh that he was trying to, um, kind of Kick point stink, point, point it, yeah. fingers and say, "Oh, the FIA used to do this," and da, 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 da. it's like, "Well, that yeah, was kind yeah, of yeah. under your regime, Bernie." If if yeah. they're not doing it anymore <laughs> and they were doing it when you were in charge, it says more about you than it does about Formula One or Liberty yeah. Media. Like, he's just. It, oh, it annoyed me yeah. really more than anything because he's tried to kick up a sting and really it only makes him look bad in yeah. his regime exactly you took the words out of my mouth yeah so.
0: Uh, I'll just read you a quick list of headlines that Grand Prix Diary put together. Uh, 2017, Ferrari threatens to quit F1 over Global NASCAR Vision. 2015, Ferrari threatens to quit F1 as sport races towards something because that gets cut off. 2014, Ferrari Boss, team could quit F1. 2009, Ferrari threatens to quit Formula 1 over Budget Cap. 2008, Ferrari threatens to quit F1 over Engine rare with Mosley and FIA. 2004, Ferrari Boss makes F1 quit threat. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not going to happen, is it?
1: The, the, the other thing for me is,
0: do we even care if they do quit Formula One? Yeah, Formula One would go on. I, it, there would there would be a certain percentage of fans that would drop off because they're just there because they're obsessive Ferrari fans. Yeah, it would take a hit, but it would go on. <laughs> there would fun. be no more need for I Monza. <laughs> like, no one would go to Monza Yeah, Monza would be anymore.
1: gone off the calendar. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's no doubt about that. Um, that's sell about 12 <laughs> tickets the following year it just prob- feels yeah. <laughs> in the words of uh, a certain Stormzy he's getting way too big for his boots <laughs> <laughs> wow wow <laughs> that's Sergio that. Sergio, Sergio Macchioni. there's just look no one we don't. We don't need for, for Formula One these days. Do not need Ferrari at all. Ferrari desperately need Formula One. So it just seems disproportionate that he's spitting the dummy out and, and making all these statements. Liberty it's just Media, what they do, isn't it? Yeah, Liberty Media. They're terrified that Liberty Media are going to take their money away from him. And I hope Liberty Media Media do take the money away from him because what yeah. in the balance of the sport? What sort of sport allows one? Competitor, one team to get a massive advantage over another one. It's like starting a hundred meters race with someone halfway down the road.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not. Let's say it's not sustainable. It's been the case for right, a yeah. great number of years now. So clearly, it is up to a point. Yeah. But yeah. there we um, go. Yeah, sorry, rant over. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's enough of that. Um, Felipe Massa has announced his retirement for a second yeah. time. Uh, Again, it looks like it's probably going to be permanent this time. Um, He'd said for a while that uh, he wanted to have a decision made before uh, Brazilian Grand Prix, which is obviously his home race, um, and that has now happened. Um, He has been saying that he wanted to stay on for the year at Williams, um, but he seems to be getting increasingly frustrated with the sort of lack of movement on that in sort of recent weeks, Um, sort of criticising how Williams handled it, and he was like openly criticising other drivers in the frame for a while, which wasn't a good look, I don't think. Um, (laughs) But he's announced now that he's retiring at the end of the season, so he has two more races left in a pretty solid career, I would say. Um, I know I've been fairly critical of him on this podcast, but uh, he's he's one of the better drivers of the last generation. I mean, he pushed Lewis Hamilton right to the limit. Yeah. Um in the championship one year, which is now me weird, weird as it is to say, I think
2: that oh. uh, unfortunately, post two thousand and nine accident, we've never seen the same Felipe come back mm. yeah absolutely um, I don't know what yeah. it I don't know what it is, maybe it's something mentally for him or whatever I don't know, but yeah up up to that two thousand and nine series, he was phenomenal to be honest,
1: <clears throat> uh yeah, he
0: really was mm.
1: Um, um, I, only, I only really watched Formula One from about 2006 ish, so I I wasn't and I but back then I didn't really follow it as anything like as close as I do now. It was just sort of, was my interest was burgeoning into Formula One. I guess. <laughs> um, so I don't really know an awful lot about his old career, but be, really the only time I ever paid attention was the year he was competing with Hamilton yeah. for the championship, and he lost it on he lost it by one point and at one point he, was, he would have won when, it by count when he crossed
2: the line on the, on when the, he, yeah. he crossed the line he'd won the title yeah. but Timo's walk in inverted commas let Hamilton through <laughs> on the final <laughs> right, corner yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah. and forever became Lewis Hamilton's best friend at that point <laughs>
1: yeah slash was on wet tire, dry tyres on a soaking wet track. Uh, yeah, that, there's, there's, there's a lot to back up the fact yeah, why that Hamilton detail?
2: actually overtook him, but uh, don't tell any Brazilians that because they will be very, very angry
0: at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was never a, a huge Massa fan, but I will say having grown up watching the era of Schumacher having a number two driver all the time it was quite nice to see one of those two, number two drivers kind of step out from that shadow and have some success of his own. I mean, admittedly only after Schumacher retired but, uh, yeah, but it, it was
2: it was one of yeah. those that had a lot of promise like he was good in Formula Renault and Formula 3 and then he, he sort of he got stuck with the, the Sauber which at the time wasn't that bad but it was still a middle of the field car at best and then when he got his break in Ferrari I think he finished in the top three for three seasons running if I remember right until until, so, like, yeah. things started changing and the Ferrari started going downhill and then he, he sort of never... But then again, that was after his accident as well. So it's
0: one of those things. Yeah. Um, which, of course, begs the question. Um, Eric Richardson on Twitter asked us who would be the favourite to get Masses Williams' seat. I mean, I guess he asked two questions, actually. Who do you think is going to get the seat and who would you actually like to get the seat? Um, it looks now like the candidates are derester Kubica, uh Kvyat is potentially in the frame Oof. now, and uh, Verline.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it's it's a really tricky one because in the second car you've got Lance Stroll, who is he's had some decent performances, but I think it's fair to say he's still kind of finding his feet. He's still you know he's only going to be in his second season. No one's going to be expecting miracles from him in that car. I don't think. So on one hand, you want someone like a massa with experience who's gonna get you those points. Um the sort of the romantic option is to say, uh, Kubica, but he's, he's he's on the most unknown of unknown with quantities. Some
2: people. There's some betting websites that yeah. have got him at like odds on, something like um one one over two or whatever like that's ridiculous odds for someone like him to be back in the seat I think Un- unless yeah. there's been some weird rumbling that somebody's heard but I imagine we'd have heard yeah. it like I, like I know we're not sort of in in and out of the paddock or anything but we follow things close enough to hear the rumours as the rumbling yeah. And I don't think there's
0: anything that justifies like one to two odds on Robert cubitts of being back in that yeah. seat yeah <laughs> Seem, I mean, the a... fact that they gave him a test and they're now giving him a second test means they must have seen yeah. something worthwhile in that. Uh, I think mm. they should give it to Diresta. It'd be nice to see. Um, oh, he's apparently very highly respected in that team. I mean, he does yeah. a lot of simulator work for them. I think he obviously stepped into the seat in Hungary. Um, I, think f- for, for me, I think for me...
2: I want the rest to get a proper shot there, but I think ultimately something like the Mercedes power
0: relationship
2: will see Verline sat in it. I think.
0: Sadly, I have a feeling that's going to be the case as well, which. I don't know. Verline being that card doesn't particularly excite me, to be honest. Honestly, for me, I think. I don't think that could i would go that wrong by giving Kvyat just a one-year deal see how he gets on I mean he's got experience yes he's had a shocking year largely not of his own doing but I think give him a one year in the car and see how he gets on I think he would do a decent job yeah I know he has a reputation but um (laughs) I think it's only partially deserved. I mean, God said Williams had uh, Maldonado in their car for a few years and Kvyat's definitely not a Maldonado.
2: Yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't know if I'd want
1: Kvyat in it personally.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't I don't think of a good idea. I I think he's 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 had so many so many near misses. Well, no, he's had so many bad accidents, silly accidents that he shouldn't have had a team like that. On who who uh, given that they've had a pretty poor season this year, they need someone really rock solid next season to take that seat.
0: Yeah, but then I'd argue none of those four are that person.
1: Well, I think dire- of the four, I think R- DiResta's the safest option just because he's done all the all the simulator work, all the testing, and he knows the car in- he knows the team and the car inside out, so they can take his feedback. They they understand each other. It seems to it's to me that's the logical options. I don't understand why any of these three any of these two. Well, I don't understand why qubits are in Kavia are in the frame. Qubits maybe because of his speed. Kavia, that my, my mind boggles at Kavia. Verline, obviously the Mercedes connection. Um, it, it,
0: I the safe option for me is De The thing is, they know exactly how fast De is. Yeah. yeah, that's And the true. fact that they are. Having other drivers in the frame doesn't speak brilliantly for him. No,
1: but it was he always very like reliable though. It was always he points.
0: It almost seems like they're seeing if there's any better options out there before they give it to him. Yeah, if I was Paul DeRozan, I'd be getting a bit cheesed off by Is now. He... Actually, yeah, me too.
2: It's a weird one as well. Doesn't he do other things, uh, Paul? Because th- that's why he's not always he in. Drives. TV broadcasts, isn't it? Because he's away doing other things. I don't. I don't know what he's actually solidly got on at the minute. It what It was definitely. He definitely went back to DTM because obviously he dropped his DTM. to yeah, come he's to still Formula DTM 1 DTM, like, after think. he'd won the title. And then, as far as I know, he went back to DTM and he, he's been there. Um, whether he's doing well or not, I couldn't tell you. But uh, he's he, doing. He is. A-
1: okay but not brilliantly isn't it? the mercedes isn't the best car though for the dtm i think he was best mercedes last season
0: um yeah i think he might have been is after his initial stint in dcm so 2008 he came second in the championship 2009 he was third 2010 he won it um then he went away a few years and since he's come back he's been 15th 8th 5th and 11th so it's not mm. been the greatest spell recently but of course mercedes are pulling out of dcm so He's kind of without yeah. a seat next year.
1: Oh, he's actually the fourth best Mercedes. Oh, okay, that's not um, great. Lucas Hours the quickest with, uh, he's, he's, but even then he's only sixth, so the Mercedes isn't isn't that. It's isn't not a great car in that championship. Yeah, the Audi is the car you want in that championship. Uh, yeah, so
2: that's that one put <laughs> to bed. <better. laughs> I'd, I'd be part of me would actually be interested to see Verline in it because using a Sauber as your equipment and Marcus Ericsson as your yardstick is nothing to really show the true worth of a driver. True. So I would be really interested to see him in a more competitive car against someone that does seem to be fast and has won a race in that car. Uh, Well, has not one race in the car but virtually <laughs> no. until until swallowed <laughs> no. up at the end but you know what i mean like yeah. just someone that can drive it which
0: appears that Lance Stroll can yeah it's interesting mm. um when we'll find out i don't know i mean williams aren't don't seem to be brilliant at uh, driver management in recent yeah. years so
1: um Oh, I read uh, Jensen Button's autobiography on this oh, yeah. on this on this exact topic. I read uh, Jensen Button's book "Wells and Holiday," which is awesome, by the way. If you haven't already read it, definitely read it. I recommend it. Full of insight for racing and all sorts. It's really good. Um, and he was talking about his first Formula One drive, which, as we'll all remember from the game we played a few episodes <laughs> ago, was at Williams. Um, and he. Did not know he had the drive until about thirty seconds before he was made to face the press. Wow, wow, yeah, um, it was between him and another guy whose name escapes me, and um, they they were they were dueling for the for the drive basically in a test. They they were mm. both setting times and giving feedback and all that, and. Williams were being quite cloak and dagger about the whole thing with both. And at the time they had Ralph Schumacher as uh, as the number one driver. <clears throat> and yeah, Jensen Button was made to sit and go to all different places as well as this other dude. And they they were both given a right mess around and then eventually they called Jensen into the into the room and they said, You've got the drive, go out and talk to the press. We're <laughs> launching the car <laughs> So literally <laughs> wow. like seconds before they launched the car he was told he had to he had the drive then he put the gear on went out had the photo shoot and everything and <laughs> that was that absolutely crazy
0: i mean uh, mark webber's book also doesn't speak particularly highly of uh sort of the management within williams either um so yeah based on that i expect we'll find out after the first test next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> or maybe at the car launch <laughs> yeah maybe the launch but we shall see in other driver news, uh, Lando Norris, who won the European F3 Championship, uh, is going to be McLaren's test and reserve driver for next year, um, replacing Jenson Button, who has had that role for the last year. Um, he's been part of McLaren's sort of young driver programme for quite a while, um, and he's basically won everything up until this point. He's, in fact, I think at this point in his career, he's been more successful than Lewis Hamilton was at this point in his career which is quite impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. Um he's it looks like he's going to have an F2 drive next year as well. Um but yeah, he's very very I much know. one for the future. So I expect we'll see him in lots of tests and Friday I followed him next
2: year. F- as closely as is possible with the kind of series as his races in ever since I first saw him in Genetta Jr's about 3 or 4 years ago. Um I don't think he won that. I think he was beaten out to that one. But then since then he's like done MSA mm. and Formula Renault and um something to do with Toyota and uh Formula 3. So, and all those things he has won. Um like I say I think the only thing that he really didn't win that he competed in pretty much is Ginetta Juniors. And that's the first thing he ever drove competitively. So, you can kind of you can kind of <laughs> forgive not him for that. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, yeah he is uh, a very promising driver which is why McLaren's picked him up he really is uh, yeah but, and if anyone actually in Britain is sort of interested in seeing young drivers come through I would seriously recommend just trying to watch Ginetta Juniors and um, I can't know what they call it now I think it's now officially Formula 4 but it used to be Formula Ford um, they're basically two yeah. support series that follow the touring cars around every race that they go to but nearly everybody that started coming through into Formula 3 and then GP2 and then F1, people like Lando and stuff, they're all coming through that series. So de- definitely keep your eye on that if you're interested in this kind of stuff like we are. Yeah.
1: Yep. So w- word um, has it he'll be driving for Prima in F2
0: next year. Is that right? That seems... I think Prima and ART, I think, were the two in the frame for him and a possibly 4M... I've forgotten his name. Oh, the uh, other young British George driver, Russell. George Russell. George Russell. Yeah, he's kind of in the frame for those as well. Apparently, yeah, he's
1: and he's another he's hot property as well. He'll be he's yeah, very much. Junior. so. he'll he's going to be. I, I can't wait to see these two racing in Formula One when they yeah, actually absolutely. Do it can't be that long. To Formula One.
0: Um, but speaking of Formula Two, uh, they're going to have a uh, twelve round championship next year um, they're dropping the race at Hereth, which has always been there for a while it's kind of been a weird outlier because it's not part of the yeah. Formula 1 calendar um, and actually the championship was won there this year which kind of almost went, meant it went under the radar a little bit because like, the world's press weren't there which has always seemed a bit odd but that's getting dropped anyway uh, so they're replacing that with uh, the Russian Grand Prix supporting Formula 1 uh, and they're also going to be going with F1 to the new French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard so every race is going to be uh, on the F1 undercard now which is quite exciting and it's going to be a 12 race season so if you haven't watched formula 2 before and you have the means to uh can very much recommend it there's some amazing sure. racing in that um the last couple of seasons hmm. seeing sort of uh, Gasly and Giovinazzi and Leclerc all coming through um and all just putting in like monstrous yeah. performances and
2: Stoffel Dorn before that as well. He he absolutely yeah, dominated, dominated it when he serious. was in it, which is which is why it's a
0: shame to see him in a struggle in McLaren at the minute, but still. Yeah. Um in fact, I think uh, Charles Hurt can take his wins record can't he at the oh, final simply. race of the season. In uh I, think so. Abu Dhabi. I could we could be wrong, but I think that sounds right. I believe yeah. he can, yeah. In WEC news, um, I don't know if you remember that uh, young upcoming star in Formula One, Brendan Hartley, uh, who's made a recent (laughs) appearance. Uh, Well, he's just won the World Endurance Championship title uh, alongside uh, Timo Bernhard and Earl Bamber. Uh, They won it with a race spare. Uh, Porsche also sealed the manufacturer's uh, title, despite Toyota pretty much dominating the race. They won by over a lap in the end, I think. I think it was uh, Anthony Davidson's car that won the race Um so yeah they've won both titles right before they uh drop out of WEC which is a slightly bizarre version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are doing a Rosberg <laughs> what will forever and be known I as I'd just also a Rosberg. like to point out
2: <laughs> that you say young up and comer in Formula One these days he's quite old really because he's 27 he really it? is yeah oh, that is ancient although for a he is F1 younger driver. than us even if not by that much, he is quite old, really, <laughs> compared to some F1 drivers. Like, they're getting in at 18 now. It's like, he's got nine years on them.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. uh, so, yeah, so a lot of... We've lost... um we're losing Porsche from L- LMP1 this year. We also lost uh, Audi last year. Um, so LMP1 was looking pretty rough for a while. But there's actually some good news for once Uh Toyota are sticking around, it looks like. Um, Ginetta have also been working on their LMP1 car, um, which they're launching at the Autosports show in January. Uh, they've said they've already got um, orders from two teams uh, for the 2018-2019 super season. Um, hmm. One of which we know is Mana, who are going to be moving up to LMP1. Um, We don't know who the second one is just yet. Uh, But that's at least two privateer teams that are going to be in LMP1 next year, which is quite exciting. Yeah. Yep. Um, Also, uh, Dragonspeed, who are the European Le Mans Series champions. They race under the G-Drive banner in that. Um, They're also going to be moving up to LMP1. So that's another uh, team we're going to have in there. So it's actually going to be quite a full field in LMP1 for the first time in a while and it's going to be no doubt dominated by Toyota as long as
2: the car gets to the end
0: it should be <laughs> if yeah. if Toyota don't Toyota have got two chances to win Le Mans next season if they don't win it then then they should, they should probably just give up it's yeah. just not going to happen I mean they're only going to have new privateer teams to beat next season yeah, there's so. no factory team yeah.
2: at all other than them is there
0: yeah Uh, We've also got British constructor Perrin, um, which was founded by an ex-Williams F1 uh, engineer. Uh, They're developing an all-electric four-wheel LMP1 design, um, which they've said they want to uh, enter in the Le Mans 24-hour within the next five to ten years, which is quite a big window of time. Um, but they said they actually want to have it on the track and start setting records uh, by 2019. So it's not kind of that far away.
2: I'd be interested to know um, how much it takes them to get, or how long it takes them to get something that can survive
0: charge-wise for that long. This is the thing, yeah. An electric car over 24 hours is an interesting concept. So we're making mm. a fast car, but you got to make it keep going yeah, as There's well. got to be some...
2: Degree of energy recovery involved in that just to keep
1: it going, like from brakes. Yeah. Such like. Well, they could they, they could do it with a hydrogen fuel cell, couldn't they?
0: Yeah, it's another way of doing it.
1: That'd um, be the most logical way to do it in a it, for a long distance mm. drive.
0: I also saw another article recently about um, sort of more developments in the idea of having. Um, a kind of surface on a part of the track that kind of wirelessly charges cars, which is something Formula E have talked about as a potential Ooh, route they want to go down. Cool. It's like I mean F-Zero. it's zero. It's F zero, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the idea of that. Just have like a slow lane that they drive through to recharge without actually having to pit stop, which is an exciting idea. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite interesting to see. But I think that's an, a number of years in
1: the future. Yeah, I at mean, this point. there's a lot of infrastructure involved in the in that one, isn't there?
0: just a little bit yeah uh and i think that is about the lot this week isn't it we've covered quite a lot there
2: yeah anything else you guys Um, want to throw in no my brain hurts a little bit from all the
0: things we've talked about (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was an intense intense (laughs) discussion (laughs) (laughs) um we have had a few questions in from you lovely listeners so thank you very much for that um quickly run through those uh, and as vada said uh, just wondering if it's going to be any big difference from the 2017 cars to next season and if there's any new rules and regulations as far as i know i think the only real change is that the t wings are being banned they're originally going to ban the shark fins as well but i think i think the teams like having that extra advertising space sadly so they're kind of backing yeah. down on that but i don't think there's any other major changes is there? Uh, monkey seat's Oh yeah, the monkey seat's been banned as well. Monkey seat. If you don't know what a monkey seat is, it's the little bit
1: underneath, it's the tiny wing over the top of the, over the top of the exhaust and underneath the rear wing.
0: That's the little a baby seat. wing. Yeah, it's where a monkey sits
1: sometimes if you <laughs> <tell> them, obviously.
2: <laughs> um halos if they're still called halos at the time that they finished.
0: Yes. Apparently yeah. not. They're trying to think of a new yeah. name for them, uh, but mm. I think halos a more, more <laughs> gladiatorial name for <laughs> Yeah. <them. laughs> I think halo hey is a good name and, for a and the design device, of it, the style of yeah, it, I and do. the functionality
2: of it kind of, I suppose, made, made sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I t- I'll tell you what
1: the, I'll tell you what kind of name it is for a safety device. A risky name mm. for a safety <laughs> device.
0: <laughs> yeah, halo. Hey can see the potential problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uh Anders also said, "I'd like to see Hamilton do some laps in Ericsson's car and Ericsson in Hamilton's car. Make it happen." So I guess we'll get to work on that. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. We'll have a word. We'll have a word. Uh, Eric Richardson said, I see reports of Hamilton and Mercedes working on a contract extension. Would you like to see him stay or see him in another team?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's kind of that school of thought that like the great great champions are the ones that have gone and won titles for different manufacturers in different cars. Yeah. Um, which Hamilton yeah. has done to be fair. He's won for well, he's won for a McLaren team that was essentially a Mercedes team as well <laughs> and then for Mercedes Mercedes. I would have actually loved to see him do a couple of years at Ferrari at the end of his career, but I don't think South that's going to happen. I ever. don't
2: think they'll ever I don't think we'd ever no. be lucky enough to see a team with the two of them in it. Um, A bit like I don't think him and Fernando will never happen again after what happened at McLaren last time. Um, Am I right in saying, though, Lewis is Um, the only driver at current to have won a race in every single season of his career?
3: I believe Um, he is, Which.
2: I think says a fair bit for considering that the McLaren was on its way down before he left it, and Mercedes was yet to rise to dominance when he joined. I think, that yeah, absolutely, that little dip that he had in the middle as McLaren were going down and Mercedes were coming up is to still have won at least one race in those seasons is still quite impressive. So it would be interesting to see maybe move to a mm-hmm. third team yeah. and achieve and keep that record and sustain it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um I, I find it very difficult to imagine him not retiring at Mercedes myself. I can't I can't really see him yeah, at another team. And that's that's kind of a uh, that I suppose that's a bit of a cop out answer. Um would I like to see him in another team? I think it would be interesting to see him at Ferrari, but like we said, that sadly, it's just so difficult to imagine this because it's so difficult to, to conceive of it even happening. Um I'd love to see him at a Ferrari, yeah. But yeah. will it happen? Yeah, I, I think unless something
2: not, drastic happened that meant Vettel was no longer at Ferrari, you're not going to see him. Yeah.
1: What about Red Bull? Reckon, Red Bull are in a bit of a tricky mm. situation with their drivers would at the I minute mean, They don't seem to have, have any somebody on for them, a maybe. change. Hamilton, or somebody that's been so far away from their
2: program for so long. Would they
1: put him in a, a seat alongside yeah. Verstappen? More to the point. Yeah, yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Verstappen's got what a year no, on his contract. No, he added three. No, he's extended to 2020 Yeah, Yeah. Right, so Ricardo hasn't signed anything. Ricardo's in danger of
2: needing to find a new drive if he wants to progress, as harsh as that is to say, because Max has got in there first and signed that contract, which with him being younger and having that contract, you would think that maybe Red Bull are possibly starting to do what they did with Vettel. Maybe try and build a car around a younger driver and leave um, yeah, an Aussie to absolutely. pick up it, the slack. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it, yeah I'm, I'm getting a sense of deja vu. Yeah, <laughs> about this, someone who's very good friends with Helmet Marco taking a yeah. drive away from an Australian.
0: <laughs> I think, I think the big sort of the, the first chess piece that needs to move next year is um, Bottas, where he ends up in 2019. Well, whether it's Mercedes or yeah. not, essentially. Because if that seat opens up, and I think that could kind of build a cascade of uh, other drives. But uh, yeah,
1: we should say one inc- interesting question I have, of building on that one, on the back of that one, is who would, you, if Bottas was to go, who would you love the most to see take that drive? Yeah, no, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think it's probably Ricardo for me. Can you remember yeah, before Bottas got it, and people were saying that Maldonado
2: might get it? <laughs> oh, <sometimes. laughs> um, uh. um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think to see Ricardo get maybe get that and stick it to Red
1: Bull and beat him in it or something. <laughs> mm. um, fun fact for you, while we're here, while we're on the subject. Only two drivers have ever beaten Hamilton as a teammate. Mm. Do you know who they are? I know one's Jenson. The other one's got to be Rosberg. Yeah. Cause he won the title against him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Course, yeah, e- it's an it's an easy one, but you got it. I was <laughs> gonna just... <laughs> say Alonso, but they drew, didn't they? They were equal yeah, on points. Yeah,
1: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and finally, we've kind of already touched on this, but uh, Scars of Karma on Twitter asked, uh, "I'd like to understand why Mercedes has an issue with developing the proposed similar new engine." While they upgrade oh, the current V6, that's an easy one. There's nothing similar about it. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that is the thing, isn't it? It's sounds... to be
1: fair.
2: Skies of Karma did use um, like inverted commas yes. around similar. I know you didn't emphasize <laughs> that enough.
1: <laughs> it's the it's the dual development um, problem, isn't it? They don't want yeah. to do two at the same time. Well, they don't want to be trying to win championships with this engine while trying to fund the development and build the development of the next yeah. one. Yeah.
2: The, the thing that they had the first time around where the car was middling to good, um, when Schumacher and Rosberg were in it, and then obviously when Hamilton first moved across, the advantage they had then is they weren't in an already winning position to, to hold on to, they were still rebuilding, albeit yes, they inherited the brawn that had just won, <laughs> but they were sort of in a position to build a new factory team from scratch. So they kind of just made do for a little while whilst heavily developing these engines. And I don't think even a powerhouse like Mercedes wants to spend the resources involved in no. continuing development of a current generation of engine whilst yeah. doing the same thing again for a new generation of engine.
1: Uh, um yeah. I have I have another fun fact for you on the on the brawn on the brawn that Mercedes inherited from uh, on, on the Mercedes, that Mercedes inherited from Braun, I should say. The Braun was never, ever developed through its entire season, and it still won the championship. What what it won the championship with was the exact same components as what it launched with.
2: Yeah, it was all the blown diffuser, that one. Yeah. Yeah, double diffuser, yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, double diffuser. Yeah. But it, it, that was one of those cars, wasn't it, that you could see that everyone was catching it towards the end of the season. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you could... You could tell it was happening, but it, wasn't it shows how powerful that that was at the beginning of the year to have enough yeah. of a lead to just not develop at all. You know what? It
1: shows you what what a set of stones Jensen Button's got as well to hold on to to win that championship in a yeah. car that's not been touched all season. That is such a With
0: the rest of the field getting closer and closer and eventually overtaking yeah, yeah, yeah. them, breathing
1: well. down his neck, like and the way he won it. Just without, without sort of. I've just read his book, so I'm a bit excited (laughs) about him. But um, the the way he won it in Brazil, and he and he finished fifth, and he drove. I think he started 14th on the grid, and he drove his way up to fifth. Incredible drive that was.
0: Yeah, cracking drive. He sealed the deal. People winning the championship by finishing fifth happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah, there's been a number of championships where the winners finished fifth. Like Hamilton, his 2008 title, he finished fifth. Jensen did it. Um. I think a lot did. Um, I think when Alonso's titles, he may have done as well. There's a as, few of has them. Anyway. As Vettel, not done it once as well. I, to be honest with Maybe. Vettel, won championships. He was also winning every race. So yeah, um, yeah. But has,
2: wasn't the one where he oh, drove through that, a field to to win a title? <laughs> there was that. Uh, he, was no, he, no, not like through. No, no, not uh, through yes. a field. I mean, <laughs> a field. Like, he came from the back and
0: like came fifth or something. There was one where he got spun at turn three in Brazil, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that, that was... yeah, let's say let's say it was fifth, it makes my fact sound better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you wanna know a many... sad fact about Braun? Go on, go on. You know how most F one teams do that horrible thing where they will paint previous years cars in their current year's cars colours? Uh, yeah. yeah. When Mercedes took over Braun, they inherited some of the cars and they've actually painted some of the Braun cars in Mercedes colours. Which is awful. That is a them, travesty. I saw some pictures, they've run them at Goodwood, I think, a couple of times. It's ridiculous. I think, I believe Jensen has one of the cars, and obviously that's still in brawn colours. I'm not sure where the rest of them yeah. are, though. That's, there weren't that many, Braun, though, <laughs> were <it>, there?
2: <laughs> to be fair, the brawn wasn't really a coloured car. It was just a white yeah, car with some like, fluorescent oh, green-yellow so stripes on it. <laughs> it's one of my favourite-looking <laughs> like, cars of yeah. all time. There was, was just no advertising on it, There was other than like Bridgestone in a few places. And then there was some orange stripes and it's uh, sorry yellow stripes and it said Braun GP on the side and that was pretty much it. That was so refreshing though to see the car like that winning. <laughs> I love. And season, they it had so the fluorescent yellow um, wheel cap covers at yes. one point, didn't they? Mm. Just to bring it in and the mid the drivers do fluorescent yellow helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, what, what a year.
0: What a year. Shall we do some <laughs> predictions? Let's look forward yes. instead of back.
1: Okay. <laughs> Tom, do you want to do predictions, mate, this shit this this week? You don't normally do them, do you?
0: Yeah, I've been talking no, for just the best normally, part of an hour.
1: I normally just predict things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah, let's do it then. Brazil is not too far away now. Um obviously action kicks off on Friday, but what we're most interested in, first of all, for predictions, is fastest qualifier come Saturday. So
1: Stu, who do you think will be Ooh. fastest qualifier? Ooh, me go. I wondered, I wondered if, that, if you'd make me go first. I mm. never picked myself to well, go you... first because it's just so uncouth to make yourself go first.
2: <laughs> exactly. And usually if Chris is hosting, you'll make me go first. And if I'm hosting, you'll make
1: Chris go first. So yeah. There you go. It naturally fell to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, who will be the fastest qualifier at Brazil? Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> well... He does have a fairly
2: decent record there, I think, from memory, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: he does. Well he was uh it, it was just he pipped um Rosberg to the uh to to, to poll by about a tenth last year. Yeah. Just over it. One point zero one zero two. No. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, a little bit of a second. <laughs> yeah, it was w one tenth and two Thousandths of a second. That's what it was. He also then went on to win, if I remember rightly, didn't he last year, Lewis? Uh, yes, he did.
2: Uh, Chris, what about yourself? What do you think will be fastest qualifier? It's a
0: difficult race this one because Red Bull have arguably had the fastest car the last two races, and they're pretty bullish about their chances in the next two as well. So it's there's like three different teams that could be being successful here all that being said I think I'm still going to go Hamilton for pole well
2: I'm also going to say the same just because I think that Mercedes in the current era have had the best of
0: the best of this haven't they they have the winner however is a much more difficult question Mm. yes it is and I've got to go first, haven't I? Uh, yeah, Ooh. we'd start with you on this one. <laughs> I'm going to say Ricardo. Ricardo? See, this ruins what I was going to do. I was going to say that. Well, the to question, be fair, that's the fine is, for you, because if we score the same amount, I'm not yeah, getting close to overtaking you. Do I
2: stay you. the same as I was going to do to maintain the gap, or do I risk... Stretching out my lead and going. What we should really house. do is make
0: you uh guess first on everything.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh hang on a minute, how many points? What's the points gap? I don't know what any of the uh, It's about
2: three are. points, I think, isn't it? Between, we had, between I
1: mean, you
0: two and me. We all we had we a even? shocker last week. Yeah, last you, week you two are even. Last week I think you what, scored one and me and Tom scored zero. Yeah, so we were equal Oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're three points behind Tom. Cool. Yeah, that
2: sounds from memory it's twenty nine points to me and twenty six points to both of yeah. you. Yeah, oh, because the points last because week we,
0: were abysmal. Yeah, can between I change the can three
2: I, of us? Only you scored a
1: point, Stu, and it can was I a ch- single solitary point. Can I change my fastest qualifier prediction? Ooh. If you want to. Uh I'm gonna go Verstappen. Ooh.
0: <laughs> can I change mine as well? No,
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to. I'm going to go
2: with Verstappen in the race. Oh, I, I think it. it's been I think it's been a race of uh, sorry, a season of two halves for them and this half is Verstappen's half and Ricardo had the first half. The good half. So,
1: yeah. Cool.
2: Uh Stu, going what are you to gonna go for in that case? I'm
1: gonna go with Verstappen as well for the win.
2: <clears throat> oh, he's going for the Verstappen double. Yeah. First DNF would start with me, wouldn't it? Um mm-hmm. Last oh, see,
0: year was Ericsson
2: Has anybody checked the weather? By the way, I just did well. exactly that.
0: <laughs>
2: it's it's scheduled to be wet for qualifying and dry for the race. Just so you yeah, know, from what I've seen, um, which means we won't see any Roman Grosjean crashing before he even gets to the grid. No. well, <laughs> never rule it out last year. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it could still happen. Um, I. I'm going to go on a reliability basis here and say it will be um, unfortunately for him a Nico Hulkenberg retirement
1: Hulkenberg?
0: Damn it, that's exactly what I was going to say he's had engine
1: issues last few races I've never made that noise before
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's your turn Stu who do you think? um Uh,
1: be the first DNF I think I think one of the newbies is going to drop it um, I'm going to say oh, Ericsson was the first retirement with, in an. he was in an accident that started season. the race yeah he was the first official retirement yeah that was a crazy accident as well wasn't he he was facing backwards down the straight and he had all kinds of cars coming at him, and the, God knows where, that missed it, him.
2: it's where um, that's where Verstappen nearly lost it yeah yeah, he dropped yeah. down to like 14th, and he was absolutely hammering it through the field. Yeah, it was, a and he nearly place, lost it on it? those white lines that they always cross yeah. at the pit entry. And mm. I, how he held that, I still have no idea to this day. Mm. Although I have caught a few
1: myself in the F1 game. <laughs> and Thought yes, verstappen <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the, my first DNF, I will say, Eric. It's hard, you know. The grid's changed so much the last few <laughs> races. I've lost track of who's new. Eriksson, I'm going to go. Oh, so it's not necessarily
0: that new, but
1: because he was in it last season.
0: I had Hulkenberg in my head and before that to start with. But do I want to be different to you? No, I'm going to stick with Hulkenberg. I think. ah oh, that is an, that is an
2: interesting choice. The fact that we've both gone for it shows it has some weight to it. Yeah.
0: Most interesting, me and Stu are completely different on everything so you know, far. Which
2: Do you know the only reason, literally the only reason I'm thinking Hulkenberg is because Julian Palmer had so much difficulty with engines and gearboxes and all sorts of failures, and then this this amazing driver that they've wanted for ages in science turns up, and suddenly Hulkenberg starts getting yeah. failures, and it's almost like they've gone, right, you can have all Julian's old bits. <laughs> And everything that was going to go on Julian's cars now on yours, everything that was going to go on your cars <laughs> is going on carlos's so i've just I've just got a feeling that his engine will blow up at some point fairly early on. Uh, number of finishes anyway, I'm getting
0: sidetracked um well, I mean last season we had sixteen, heat. but it was a slightly bizarre race last yeah yeah that that was six yeah, retirements yeah. last year.
1: We're talking about a dry race um maybe I mean the weather can change it's a week away so. It could be a wet race still. Well, yeah, that that is true. Uh, we we're looking at a dry race, so it doesn't necessarily mean it will
2: be one, like you say. Yeah. So, um, but yes, Stu, he's back to you first on this one. Me
1: first. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with the vaguely faithful um, area, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna say seventeen. I'm gonna seventeen. I'm going one less. I'm gonna say sixteen. 16, that's what, I, I usually go for 16, but it's <laughs> been fairly me in recent races, so I want to go 17. Yeah,
2: and I think I'm going to go with Stu and say ah, 17 ooh. as well, just, just because, there's, there, from memory there's never a huge number of retirements at Brazil unless it's wet. When people mm. start crashing, yeah. So I'm just basically not. I'm praying for it to not rain now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that will help with Hulkenberg and number of finishes for me. Um, and then random driver Chris, would you please pull
0: one out of the hat random slash random number generator? Is Carlos Signs? Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting.
1: Ooh. Last Where year,
0: Orby's in a different car. Uh, he finished sixth
1: oh qualified 15th finished 6th yeah he did mm.
0: again a slightly race. bizarre race to uh, go off can't really glean yeah, that, Perez, from that Perez was 4th last season yeah.
1: so
2: yeah and then in the last race he finished 9th did he not just in the points for Rennie. yeah I believe he did hmm so who is first on this one I believe Chris. it's you Chris it's you where are you going to put him?
0: Um, I'm going to go for eighth. Eighth? Oh, damn you.
2: Talk so between I'm, seventh and uh, eighth. Uh, yeah, me too. And you saying eighth makes me feel pressured to say seventh to be I'm different. Th- I'm
0: thinking we'll probably lose one of the two Red Bulls. Um, Mercedes will both finish. Ferrari's probably both finish. One of the four Cindy's ahead of him. Maybe both four Cindy's ahead of him. 7th I'm gonna go
1: 7th it, it. if it's 7th I'm gonna be so annoyed I'm gonna say ninth. ooh I think I think that him and Hulkenberg haven't been um, evenly matched these last few races because of the cars and I think Hulkenberg will get the jump on him this race interesting and I think he'll retire I think he'll finish contrary to you both, <laughs>
0: obviously <laughs> yeah that's a good point you know, in order for that to happen he does needs need to finish <laughs> <laughs> good stuff S- So that is is predictions, yeah. That's what we think, Um, but we're always interested to know what you think uh, getting on our predictions league. It's not too late, though. Even though there's only two races left, uh, there's still that prize for the first ever clean sweep. Um, So please do send in your predictions for fastest qualifier, winner, first DNF, number of finishes, and where Carlos Sainz is going to finish. You can do that by tweeting us at Back of the Grid F1. Uh, we're also on Facebook, just search Back of the Grid. Instagram, also at Back of the Grid, or we're on backofthegrid.com. All of those are places you can get in touch with us. If you want to get in touch with us personally, uh, Stu is on Twitter at Stu underscore PX. Tom is at TomKing89, and I am at TNMChris. And I think that will do us for this week. So thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you after the Brazilian Grand Prix. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye. You must have so bored then. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
3: Bye.